Hello and welcome to another episode of Fight on Montana. I am your host, Adam Healy. Before we get to our episode today, I would just like to let the listener know to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts at. You can find this podcast pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Also, um, just make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends about us. If you want to get a hold of us, we would love to hear from you. You can get a hold of us on Twitter at Fight on Montana. You can get a hold of us on our Instagram page at Fight on Montana and also our Facebook page at Fight on Montana as well. So let's not skip a beat. Let's get into our episode today. We have the great pleasure in having former Grizz safety Josh Sandry with us today. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Well, hey, Josh, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and spending some time with us and, and just talking about your career and, and yeah, just thanks for coming on. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. So what are you up to these days after graduating? Um, right now I'm, uh, I'm in Big Fork back home. Um, I'm working construction, uh, with my uncle, um, you know, uh, just trying to figure out what's next. So nice, nice. Has it set in that your career is uh, at the University of Montana is over? Yeah, you know it has. Um, you know, I don't think it set in until uh, you know after that playoff loss, we had a a team meeting and uh, it was like the last you know last get together of the, of the year. Um, and after that, guys were going back home for break and and things like that. And once that meeting was over, uh, you know we had a little little safety get together uh with coach shan and after that it was it, it said in then and there and it was uh you know it was tough but you know it was a great career nice yeah is, is it kind of weird going from playing collegiate sports and then having you know, you know your guys around you your your best friends and then all of a sudden just at you know a whim's end it's it's over and, and trying to get used to real life again yeah i mean it's definitely a uh, change of pace for sure it's like all i've ever known my whole life was kind of like the locker room atmosphere you know and then once that's over you kind of step into the real world and it's like oh man i gotta do this and that now and i got <laughs> like some real responsibilities you know yeah definitely so what did you like most about your time at the university of montana Oh man, I mean, you know, I don't think I could pinpoint, you know, a specific thing that I, I liked most. I just, I, I just think, you know, the time, you know, that that was spent there, meeting, you know, a whole bunch of cool people, uh, you know, meeting all my teammates, guys, or who are, you know, my best friends now, and who I'll, you know, talk to and hang out with for the rest of my life. I think that's probably, you know some of the best memories I've had at, at UM is just hanging out with all those guys. Definitely. Definitely. So what was it like to play for coach Stitt? Um, well, I, uh, coach Stitt was the first coach when, you know, when I came in to the university of Montana. So, um, you know, I'll always be grateful for him and, 
the staff that he put together and what those guys did for me and developed me as a college athlete. Um, you know, they, they were the first coaches that were here at the University of Montana uh, when I got here. And so I got a lot of respect and, and whatnot for, for him and that staff. Nice, nice. And did did he recruit you, or did uh, uh, Delaney recruit you? Yeah, so Delaney actually recruited me, um, and then he retired. Um, okay, you know, and then Coach Dick came in. So um, that was definitely kind of a. It was kind of weird, you know, being recruited by one guy, and then you come in and he's not there, and another guy is. But um, it was it was good. Nice, nice. So, you know, going from Coach Stitt to Coach Hauk, how was it to or how was it to play for Coach Hauk? Uh, it was awesome. Um, you know, honestly, I, I got so much love and respect for that guy. I would take a bullet for him. Um, you know, he like growing up I I watched, you know, his teams play. And, you know, to me it was just, you know, honestly it was an honor to play for a guy like that and to play for a guy who's got such a great resume so well known um throughout the whole country really um and just my montana legend it was awesome i love that guy nice can you tell us any funny stories that you might have from either coaching staff like i know you probably had a lot of uh crazy funny stories but any any stories jump out to you with the coaching staff that you had um i'm trying to like think of something <laughs> appropriate, appropriate to say here. I mean, um, and, you know the, the staff at coach Houck, um has put together you know they're just the greatest group of guys they you know they definitely have fun they coach hard um and uh you know we we had a lot of of uh team meetings and, and things like that and I could probably say some of the best memories of just come out of those team meetings and coach Hauke, he's like kind of a sarcastic dude uh, <laughs> you know especially the like younger guys who kind of are just like trying to find their way a little bit so just listening to him mess with dudes in meetings or you know <laughs> embarrassing guys you know it's just it, it, those are probably some of the best best memories Nice, nice. What were the, you know, with Coach Stitt and Coach Hawk, what were the di- the big differences that between those two coaching coaches? Um, well, Coach Hawk's a, he's a Montana dude. Uh, you know, he just, you know, he, he bleeds University of Montana colors. He is from Montana. He just, everything about him is Montana. And so he just, I mean, his recent, you know, his last spin at the U he's, he's just built such a great legacy. And he, he, he uh, I mean, he, he is Montana, you know, yeah. coach how he is Montana football. Um, and I think that's the biggest difference between the two is, you know, you got coach stick coming in from a different college out of state, you know, uh, no real ties to the the U and coach how you know it is Montana football so I think this is the biggest difference is you know the way kind of they coached in terms of what the traditions have been and, and stuff like that so nice nice do you feel like when you went from um 
not coach Delaney, but you know, coming in to coach uh, Stitt, did did you lose a lot of those traditions that maybe were there um, pre him? And then when Coach Hauk turned, you know, returned, did those traditions come back? Do you feel that way or or not? Uh, yeah, I, I do. Um, you know, I don't. I got nothing bad to say about Coach Stitt. You know, I have yeah. a lot. Of, I got a lot of respect for him. I I, I like the guy a lot. Um, but there's just something to be said about a guy who, you know, is from Montana. He, you know, he gets all the traditions, you know, that's, that's a big, big deal at the university of Montana. You know, there's so much tradition there. And I felt like when coach Dick came in, he, yeah, I guess he didn't probably realize how important that was. Yeah. And so he didn't focus on that as, as much. And then when coach how came in, um, you better believe all the traditions were alive and well, you know, because it's just a huge part of the the college and the football atmosphere and everything, you know, about it. it's what make, makes a place great, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So who were you being recruited out of high school by? Um, I was recruited by coach uh, Greg Rack and uh, coach uh, Cookus. Um, those are the two, two main guys that recruited me. Okay. But like, which schools, um, like, were you recruited by the NAIA schools or Montana state or. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Montana state, um, obviously, um, U of M and then, uh, yeah, a bunch of NAIA schools. Um, you know, I didn't have a, yeah, I didn't really have offers from, you know, all it's not like I had a list of, you know, offers and schools to really choose from. Um, the University of Montana was the, the, my only full ride offer. Um, okay. So, yeah. But I so, mean, I had my, I kind of had my mind made up, you know, even before then. I, I, the University of Montana was where I wanted to be for sure. Yeah, bad. Like growing up in Big Fork, is that probably kind of what you you know watched as a kid and growing up? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was it had always been a dream of mine. I remember my uh, one of my dad's buddies took me to a, a a Grizz game out, and I left the stadium. And I in my mind, I was I was saying that's going to be me. I'm going to be doing that one day. And sure enough. It happened. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what position were you being recruited at a high school for? Is it safety? Um, like you played? Um, yeah, I remember I went to a camp and, uh, they were working me out doing some safety drills and things like that. They had me play running back. You know, I think they probably didn't know right away. Um, so I think it was more of kind of, of an athlete role an athlete okay. recruit, I guess, so to say. But I think if they were leaning anywhere, it was in, yeah, it was at safety. Do you feel like, you know, like the University of Montana, they kind of tend to have that like athlete role um, specifically for like their safeties? Um, like bringing them in and you know, yeah, like, you mean like bringing them in and not really knowing for sure where they're going to play? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, to play safety, you know, you got to be, you know, a hell of an athlete. And so, yeah, I think they probably bring guys in maybe in, in, in that athlete role in case, you know, they could put, stick them somewhere else where they may be better, you know, wherever, because they can probably obviously play several positions on the field. Yeah. So in 2015, I believe you redshirted. Mm-hmm. So how how valuable was that redshirt year? Um, and what did you, you know, what did you learn and what did you take from it? Uh, it was incredibly uh, valuable. I mean, if you can come in, if your guy comes in right out of high school and can play like more power to you, but I wasn't in that position. I, I needed a year to, you know, get stronger, get bigger, uh, you know, mentally get down the game of college football because, I mean, it's just so much faster. I remember when I first came in, I, I went out to a practice, um, and it was like I didn't, I couldn't even see people. It was, like, it was just like it was so sped up. I didn't even know what was going on. So just that year of getting to practice and uh, play against, you know, those older guys, it's, it's super valuable time, and especially come spring you know, where you're getting a lot of reps, a lot of live reps and things like that. It's, it's a, it's a really, really crucial year for a college football player. Yeah. Well, and definitely like coming in as in your freshman, your true freshman year, were you kind of blown away, you know, coming in the summer workouts and stuff like that and, and, and the fall workouts and just like the speed, like you said, was like so fast. Did it slow down for you that that first year, did it take a year to kind of, get to the pace of that yeah i mean when i came in i was just so wide-eyed because you know me coming out of small town class b big fork it's you know we don't you just don't see that you don't see that anywhere in high school football it's just it's different um but i you know i adjusted i adjusted pretty quick um you know spring ball you know a couple weeks into spring ball i was i felt like i was you know playing with the best of them um and I just, you know, I made a commitment to myself. I was just going to work my tail off, put my head down, you know, don't, you know, I don't got to be talking about what I'm doing. I just do it, you know, just work my ass off. And and uh, I went into that spring and played well. And it was a, it was a good year for me, good year of, right. of growth and learning. So when, when it comes to, you know, handling, uh, your academics, you're working out, your your schedule, you know, in high school, you know, you, you go to school, you know, you go work out, you go to play the game. And that's basically it. The In high in college, it's it's totally different. You've got your 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 practices, you've got workout, you got meal prep, you've got actual school and studying. Like, was that a huge change for you your freshman year trying to get kind of everything kind of organized and, and a system down? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, like you said in high school, it's like, all right, you go to practice, or well, you go to school, then you go to practice, and you know you play like you don't do much, um, and, you know. And when I got to uh, Missoula that first year, I I definitely, you know, had to learn how to uh, make the most of my time and prioritize this and that and uh, juggle school with 
football and all that kind of thing. You know, it's a, it, it really is a full-time job, you know, college football is, I mean, you have really no time to do anything else um, besides football and school and lifting and, and all that stuff. So yeah, it was a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine being a full-time athlete and plus school and, and yeah, it, it blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm definitely, uh, you know, part of me thinks maybe I wouldn't even had finished school if, if it wasn't for that. Cause it, it, you know, at, at the same time, it, you know, it was tough to juggle, juggle the time, but it gave me something to, I, you know, it, it, it made me, you know, do my classwork and do all this stuff in order to play football. So I'm thankful full for that, you know? Yeah, definitely. So at the end of uh, 2015 season, you were awarded the Michael R. Jorgensen Endowment uh, Fund Scholarship. Did you get it? You know, what is that scholarship, first of all? And by getting that scholarship, did you feel like you, you know, award? Did you feel like you your hard work paid off? Um, yeah, well, those. Uh, so those are. Um awarded at a banquet i think it's like at the end of the year or whatever and uh to be invited to the banquet you have to have a, a certain uh, gpa and so these these you know these awards or scholarships that are, are handed out to these student athletes they are um they're donations from you know these people to the scholarship association um and then they're these people are recognized by giving the student athlete a scholarship um we i mean you don't actually the, the athlete doesn't actually receive that you know that scholarship money yeah but they're just recognizing the the donor in that way so yeah it was, okay. it was really cool okay in 2015 you know going from the previous um coach coach delaney and then having a new coach i know that coach stitt won you know the job and he got the job but um, Coach Gregory Ack was there as well, and I believe he did interview for that job, but they chose someone else. Was there tension between those guys? You know, having both of those guys have had uh, interviewed for the job, was that your kind of – did you see the tension? Did you feel the tension? <laughs> um, yeah, I would definitely say there was probably some tension there. Uh I think uh, Coach Gregorak was uh, he was retained, so I mean I don't know if like he was chosen, you know, by Stitt. I think maybe Stitt wasn't given a choice who he wanted for that position. Yeah, uh, you know I don't know the full story. So, um, but yeah, I mean there was definitely some some tension there. They're two you know totally different guys, you know. Um, you know, one guy wanted his way, the other guy wanted, you know, you know how it could be. So, oh yeah, um, yeah, I, I think there was definitely some tension, and that's you know that's why he left. So, did you ever see any tension kind of break out or anything like that? Or no, I didn't. I didn't okay. see like no yelling match or something in the offices. Okay, no, nothing, nothing cool like that. <laughs> yeah, well, you hear it. You know. <laughs> Sometimes these, these it's you know I, I it would be hard you know being passed up and then still having that job there, um, so I wouldn't pass put it past anyone you know that's a hard working environment, 
And, you know, Mm -hmm. both of those guys are, you know, they're they're both head coaches that could have, you know, been head coaches. And so that would be hard to see someone get it and you want to do it this way and they want to do it that way. And yeah, I I definitely could see that happening, but I'm glad that you didn't see that. So yeah, for sure. So going into the 2016 season, what were your goals and what were you expecting? Um, um, you know, I just, I just wanted to get on the field and contribute in any way I could, you know, whether that had been special teams or, you know, actually playing in the secondary, you know, it didn't matter to me. Um, I just wanted to get out there and run around and, and, uh, do something to help the team win, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So you played in 2016, you played 11 games, uh, 30 tackles, one and a half sacks, one fumble recovery. Do you think, you know, that, that hard work that you put in, in the off season, do you think that paid off and did you kind of hit your, your accomplishments and your goals that you wanted to that year? Um, yes and no. I mean, um, you know, I, yeah, I worked my tail off that redshirt year. Um, you know, I was on a full ride going in, but I kind of viewed myself as, you know, I had the attitude of a, of a walk on really, you know, I didn't, I, I just put my head to the grindstone and just worked my tail off and, um, you know, it paid off, you know, I played in you know those 11 games and had some production um i think i had a couple starts maybe three starts that year um but i i I definitely wish i i would have played more um but you know that's not the you know those decisions weren't up to me um you know there was no hard feelings over any of that but i just kind of wish that first year i would have had a little bit more uh, playing time in the secondary so do you feel like you should have had more playing time? Um, yeah, I, I do. I, uh, um, you know, I, I love to get, you know, the guys that were playing with me and the guys that were, I guess, playing ahead of me, but I, you know, I felt like I was, uh, you know, the better player. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what it was. Um, but, Again, those decisions, you know, that those are coaches' decisions, not mine. And and uh, you know, I just dealt with it. And just played special teams most of the year, and uh, you know, just did did my part. Yeah, definitely. Who was the starting? I can't, I can't, I didn't find that. Who started in front of you? Uh, uh his name's Yaman Yaman Sanders. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. ball. But don't get me wrong, all, all love for that guy. He's a great dude. I love him. Um, so, do you think that's hard? You know, like I, I can't imagine, um, you know, going against any. You know, your guys are you know brothers, best friends, and stuff like that. But how hard is it to compete against a guy? Because you're competing against a guy, you know, in the off season, and then go to go from competing, maybe losing the job or maybe winning the job. And then coming down to, Oh, we've got a season, uh, you know, is it still in the season? Do you still have that mindset of, okay, I've got to work on my craft. I got to, you know, do the thing so I can, you know, get ahead of this guy on the depth chart. 
does that come into your mind at all? Or is it more like team oriented once you get start the season that you kind of get focused on what you need to do? Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I definitely think, uh, uh, you know, like you're saying, you compete and you make your moves, you know, really in the, in the spring and then, and then in fall camp um, is, is when you really kind of try to turn heads and, you know, show the coaching staff that you're the guy, you're the best guy for that position. But, you know, if a guy isn't producing during the season, then, then, then hell yeah, you, you know, the guy, second string guy or third string guy or whatever, you know, yeah, you better be doing everything you can to, you know, get on that field. But, um, you know, I think we always did a great job as a, in, at least in the safety group, you know, we would push ourselves, um, could be compete against each other, you know, and if one guy got the job over another guy, there was, you know, really no ever, there was no hard feelings. Um, it was just all support, all love and support for the dude. So, do you feel that pressure as like a starter? Like, do you feel that pressure to produce? Um, well, oh yeah, of course. I mean, just because you were awarded the starting position don't, doesn't mean you got anything in the bag. You know, you still got to go out there on game day and do your job and and uh, produce. So, and if you don't, then they'll stick somebody else in there that will. Just kind of, yeah. you know, best, best, best guy in. So nice. So, you know, coming from Big Fork, Montana, um, did you, you know, because of the small, smaller um, town, smaller school, Class B, um, did you come in with a chip on your shoulder, just knowing, you know, hey, I gotta, I gotta prove to these guys that I can, I, I can do this, and and I am, you know, Division One quality and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, absolutely. You know, I, I, I wouldn't say I had a chip on my shoulder, um, when I came in, but I just, I came in and I, I, I wanted to, to prove that I could, uh, play with these guys, you know, um, and, you know, and, I, and when I came in, I, I don't even know how much I weighed. I was a little gangly, skinny, redheaded kid. And I remember going to, uh, one of these, uh, one of the summer PRPs and I was just standing there and I could just, I could tell everybody was, you know, looking at me like, all right, where, where is this? What's this ginger <laughs> doing here? You know? And, uh, <laughs> but I tell you what, man, I worked my ass off and I, I let them know who I was. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Nice. Nice. So, I, I forgot to ask you this one because this is one I I love asking people. Like, what are your favorite traditions at the University of Montana? Um. Well, you know, obviously running out of the tunnel. That's that's got to be high on everybody's um, list. Um, you know, I really actually love singing the fight song after wins. Um, I think that was you know really cool. Um, I don't know. I mean, we we kind of started that Grizz walk. Um, I think Stitt was there. I don't know if they did it before, but um, ever since I've been at the U, we, we did the Grizz walk before the games. That was always nice. cool. So yeah, but I, I would definitely say my top two are running out of, out of the tunnel and seeing that fight song. Yeah, I can't imagine what it would feel like to run out of that tunnel with you know twenty six, twenty seven thousand people screaming. So. 
That would oh, be awesome. Crazy. I mean, <laughs> I, I remember uh, Coach Shan, he, it was my first time doing it, first game ever, and uh, Coach Shan's like, all right, like, I know you're amped up. I know this is your first time. Just, like, just chill out a little bit. Don't run out of there too too fast, you know, because you'll be sucking wind on the sideline when you get over there. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, sure, <laughs> sure, sure as shit. I'm, uh, I run out of the tunnel all fired up. Like, probably the fastest I ran that whole game. And, uh, yeah, I was, I, was, uh, I was sucking wind on the sideline right, right after we ran out of the tunnel. <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome so hey in 2017 you started 11 games at strong safety so you scored an interception and ran it to the house against washington i believe what was that moment like it was awesome um you know i was just i think we were in a cover two or something and uh the, the the number one receiver ran a uh, slant or, or whatever, and uh, our corner made a pretty good play, got a hand on it, tipped it up in the air, and I just kind of happened to be there at the right time. But, um, yeah, we got some points out of the deal. It was pretty cool, especially to do it on a stage like that and against, a, you know, I think at the time they were, you know, one of the top teams in the whole country. So, yeah, it was awesome. Nice. Yeah. When that happened, I was watching that game. I was like jumping up and down. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the score was after that. I want to say we, we might've been, it might've been tied or we might've been an, up a touchdown. Yeah. I think I I remember, it was, I, you guys were up, but yeah. Yeah. That, that quickly faded, but yeah, that was, it was a, <laughs> that was a good moment. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2017, you had a uh, Eastern Washington team on the ropes, and it came down to the end. Yeah, I lost by a touchdown. How you know how hard was that to deal with those close losses like that, especially that Eastern yeah. Washington game in 2017? Yeah, you know, I mean, Eastern is always a team. You know, we want to, you know, we want to get a win against. I mean, we want to win in every game, but um, you know, they're a special one, and. Uh, you know, anytime you lose a, a game, a close game, it's it's anytime you lose a game in general, it's tough just because you know how hard and how much time and how much film study you, you put in, you know, during that week to prepare. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, losing is always hard to deal with, but, you know, we bounce back and, you know, it's the name of the game. It's college football. Yeah. So, you know, with how much effort you guys put into, you know, scouting and lifting and everything that you do throughout the week, which one is easier? You know, a loss isn't easy to handle, but which one would be easier to handle, like a close loss or a blowout loss? Um, or they just yeah, all suck and it just sucks. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think they all just are shitty. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, you get you get blown out, and it's like, all right, like, fuck, we just got our ass <laughs> kicked, and then you, then then you lose a tight game, and it's like, ah, shit, we were right there, you know. So yeah, that they're both tough. Yeah, definitely. So the end of that year, you know, the, the end of the season, you guys lose to uh, Montana State by I believe it was eight points. Um, and I believe that stopped uh, from making the playoffs. I think you were kind of right on that cutoff point. 
what was the atmosphere like headed into that that game and what was the atmosphere like after the game yeah i mean those those games are ones you dream about playing in for sure um and uh you know at the university of montana we don't lose those games you know that's just that's the mindset that's the one one game you got to win and you know to lose lose like i think it was at home wasn't it yeah i believe so yeah i mean i'd say the you know that atmosphere you know everybody's pissed off it's you know it's embarrassing it really is um i remember uh i had to uh walk out of the stadium and you know there's a bunch of fans and stuff still tailgating or whatever and uh, I, I remember I just kind of, you know, put my hood up. I, you know, I, I just, I never felt embarrassed like that before. And that's just how I, I felt after that game, just because I knew, you know, I mean, it's the biggest game of the, of the year in the state of Montana. You know, everybody's got their eyes on it, whether they're at the game or they're watching on TV. And so, you know, to not get that game done and not get the, the other ones done, man, it, it's tough. Yeah. So what was like that 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 year going into the off season? You know, were there? Did you feel like you know um, you were going to lose Stid, or were, were there rumblings about that, or or what was what was the atmosphere like? Um, twenty seventeen. So that had to be that was his third season, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I can't really recall. Um, I mean, you know, University of Montana, it's such a highly, like, it's, you know, it's a, it's a big deal in the state of Montana. There's going to be people chirping and talking about, you know, stuff like that all the time. Um, you know, I'm sure there was chatter. Uh, I didn't really worry about any of that, you know. Um, but, you know, yeah, I'm sure there was. Yeah, you know, it's it, when you, I don't know, when you lose those games, it's tough. And, uh, you know, it pisses, you know, it pisses a lot of people off. So, you know, I'm sure there was. Yeah, definitely. Did you get, when he was uh, fired, did you guys get, did Coach did talk to you guys? Did he address you guys or? Yeah, he did. Um, that was a, that was a, that was a tough day. Uh, yeah, I just remember him uh, talking to us. It, you know, it was it was he was emotional, and you know, you never wish that upon a guy. That's yeah, know, trying just trying to just trying to win ball games, do its best, and it just kind of doesn't work out. So it's it was tough. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So in the end, you know, Coach Hauk is is hired in 2018. How did did that affect the the atmosphere in the locker room more than you know maybe past hirings would? Do you think did it did it improve the atmosphere? Did it did it get people kind of um, more fired up or what are your when Coach Hal when Coach Hal yeah. got there? Yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, I remember when Stick got fired and they were you know in the process of looking for a new coach. And I heard that coach Stitt was, you know, in the, in the combo. And, 
I remember talking to several people and I was like, Hey, coach Hauk, man, we want coach Hauk. And, uh, he got the job and I, I just remember going to that first meeting and, you know, it was just something about his presence and just him. And I, I'd never gone into a team meeting nervous and my, my palms were sweating. He just had a, he just, uh, you know, I just didn't know what to expect. He just had a, some kind of presence about him and he was just, I don't know. It was just like, all right, we're getting this shit back together. We're getting Montana football back. And, and, uh, you know, that's what it was. Nice. Nice. So, how different, you know, I, I between the Coach Stitt era when you played and then going into um, Coach Hauk, I know the defense has changed dramatically, but how different was your position affected between the 2017 to 2018 when Coach Hauk uh, came back? Uh, completely different. I mean, I went from, uh, you know, traditional just too high safety to we're rolling with three safeties and I'm playing pretty much a nickel position. I, you know, I'm, they asked me to, you know, I mean, I did, I did a lot, a lot of things that the average, you know, Joe in the stands wouldn't notice or see, um, you know, I essentially, you know, a lot of times had to guard the, their best, best receivers, their most athletic guys. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was totally different. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then there's the scheme that you guys played there is, is pretty technical, I believe as well, isn't it? The, the defense and, yeah. the, and that's how they use the safeties in those ways. It's oh, really yeah. technical. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's not a defense, uh, you know, you, you turn the TV on there's a football game on, you know, the chances are they're not going to be running that same defense. So it was definitely very unique. Yeah. So, you know, getting prepared for that year, were were there different things that you wanted to do or that they had you do to kind of get ready for that year, just to get ready for the change? Um, you know, when they, the new staff came in, they introduced us to that new defense and, you know, we watched a ton of film of San Diego State playing it, and you know, we did we repped it in spring ball, and you know, come come season, you know, we were we were comfortable with it for sure. Nice. Um, so yeah, but it was definitely you know something a lot different, and it was uh, it was a challenge, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun. So. Was it harder to play safety in the old scheme or under uh, the Coach Houck system? Um, I would I would say uh, it was harder to play under that system that we ran with Coach Houck. Um, you know, I mean, every position has its own challenges and, you know, things like that. But I think, you know, as a whole, that position was definitely more challenging than than uh, what I played under Coach Stitt. Yeah, definitely. Do you do you feel like that that safety position? Like, definitely, you have to be able to communicate with each other. You know, 
since there's three of you back there, the communication is, is, is very important. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, we, we, we're talking all the time. Talk, 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 talk. Um, you know, you kind of got to be like a, like the quarterback of the defense back there, you know, you got to know what's, what's going on at all times. Um, and if you're not communicating with people, then, you know, then that's what, that's what gets you beat and gets you hurt. And, uh, so yeah, communication is key for sure. Now in other defenses, like, you know, usually, you know, the middle linebacker is, is your guy that's changing up the defenses. That's got that, you know, head coach kind of role on the defense. Do you feel like in the defense that you ran at, uh, university of Montana, that those safeties are, are kind of that position or do you feel like that it's still the middle linebacker that has that role? Um, I would probably say a little bit of both. Um, just cause you know, yeah, the style of defense that we played, um, it's, you know, we got three safeties on the field. So I, you know, in my opinion, I think that the safeties are kind of the vocal leaders almost of, of, you know, that style of defense. So, but I mean, obviously, you know, the linebackers are doing their thing too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you have a preference, which, which scheme you like playing in better? Um, you know, I really enjoyed, you know, playing the position I played. It was, it was challenging. It was fun. Um, we had a lot of success. Um, and so, you know, I can't really even say that I remember this, the traditional look with coach Stitt that much, yeah. you know, just cause I, I'm fresh off of what yeah. I did last. So yeah. no, but it was, it was, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Nice. So, you, you know, that following year, your, your solo and assisted tackles went up drastically. I think they went up like 20 or 30 um, tackles that year. Do you think that was, that was directly because of the defense that you guys were playing or were you just in better positions or? Probably a little bit of both. Um, okay. Probably a little bit of the, a little bit of the change in defense. Um, and probably, you know, just, you know, that, you know, that extra year of, maturity and things like that just kind of knowing where to be at the right time um you know in my younger days it was just kind of like I knew my spot I knew what I was doing but I didn't necessarily know what everybody else was doing so kind of knowing everything and you know it all just kind of adds up and eventually you know it'll you know the more you know the the better off you'll you'll be and you'll you know get yourself in those right positions, you know, more often and stuff. So I think, I think it was a little bit of both. So under, you know, coach, coach Houck, you know, defense is, is, is something that's really, really important. And he kind of drives, um, you know, and coach Stitt was more of an offensive coach. Did you kind of feel that between those, those two coaches is that the, the defense was kind of a more of an emphasis other than, you know, uh, the coach Stitt era? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody knows that Coach Ditt was an offensive guy. Um, he just wired that way. And, uh, you know, Coach Houck is, um, you know, a defensive guy. He's a guy, he's an aggressive guy, a guy that just wants to get up and just pop you right in the mouth and <laughs> just really, just, just really, you know, just kick your ass. Um, 
he's just a savage that way. And so, yeah, I definitely think that. So in 2019, what was different during that year that led to, you know, the Grizz being able to make the playoffs and, and making a run in the, in the quarterfinals? You know, I think, I, you know, when Coach Hall came in, you know, he changed a lot of things around. He changed um, the way we did, did stuff on the field, in the classroom. He held us accountable. Um, you know, we, we were, you know, we were asked a lot out of him. It, it was just Bobby was back. Montana football was back um, to being, you know, that, you know, those teams that he coached, you know, when he was at the university the first time, they were just nasty and mean and they just run through your face. They were just going to wear you down. And I think that's what, that's what we got back to. And, you know, you probably saw a little bit of it here and there in 2018, but 2019, I think that's where we were. And we were in, you know, that, that traditional Montana football mode. Like, you know, when you show up to the airport, you get off the plane, you hit the bus, you go to the stadium, you get off the bus at the stadium and people are looking at you and they go, Oh Crap. shit. That's them <laughs> yeah. Montana them Montana boys are here, you know? That's yeah. just how it is with Coach Hop. He's just got a swagger about him. And so uh yeah. That you know, that accountability piece, like you said, it, did you, you know, and not to throw anybody under the bus, you know, it, it's it's hard being a head coach and a and a coach, but you know, with Coach Hauk, you know, being there before and having a system, you know, that co- like accountability in the previous year under the Coach to era, was that was that a huge difference, just the accountability factor? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I when when Coach, I mean, I guess I would say a lot you know, he let a lot slide, I guess I would say, you know, I'm not trying to talk bad about anybody, but no, no, yeah. You know, when, when coach Houck got there, um, you know, he's, he was strict. He's old school. Um, you know, you're going to do, you're going to do it this, this way, or you can get your ass out of here, you know, and you know, you're going to go to class. You're going to sit in the front two rows. You're going to go to study hall. You're going to, you know, watch film, you're going to do this right, that right, you know, you're going to, you know, I don't know, there's just a lot of, a lot of things that he um, made sure that we did right, you know, we just, just lived right, you know, he just, he just preached to us, you know, them kind of things, and, you know, over time, all that adds up, and you, I think you could see that in 2019, just all those, you know, you're just doing the little things right, you know, all the time and it just all adds up and then, you know, come game day, you know, you, you ain't, you know, letting shit slide. I, I would say, you know, you're really locked in dialed in. they know what they need to do. And so. Yeah, definitely. So when you, when he, and for Bobby first got there, coach Hauk, um did, was there a lot of turnover? Were there a lot of guys like, Oh man, um, this isn't going to fit my system or was there a lot of turnover that you guys saw um, that p- guys were like, ah, that's not going to fit me or that's going to, they didn't want to play or. Mm, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say maybe in the beginning a little bit, you know, it was just kind of like a shock to guys or like, 
damn, you know, like we're getting <laughs> checked now. You know, it's like, you know, it, you know, guys are probably shocked a little bit at first, but, uh, you know, Coach Huck, he's just such a motivator. He's a guy that, you know, you'll walk by him in the lobby or whatever. He'll stop, talk to you, ask you, you know, ask you how your family's doing. Um, and he, he just, like, cared for his guys. And guys want to play for somebody like that, somebody who actually cares about them, cares about their family and um, and things like that. You know, he's just um, he was a motivator. Yeah, definitely. In 2019, you guys had uh, part of your uh, – a hard part of your schedule, I believe, playing – Three rivalry games, I would say three rivalry games with Idaho, Weber, and then, you know, uh, the big one versus uh, Montana State. Do you think those games leading up to that MSU game had an effect on that MSU game? Um, you know, tough to say. That's definitely a uh, – it's a hard – that's a hard stretch of, of games, you know. Um. I can't say if it had an effect or not on the MSU game. You know, I think what Weber was ranked three when we played them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, all of our attention was on that. It was, you know, a huge win for us. And we kicked the, we kicked the shit out of them. And yeah. uh, so I don't know, maybe we were riding a little high on that one, but you know, that, that Montana state game, it, it shouldn't matter. Um, we should we should win every one of those. There ain't no excuse for for that and for you know any of those losses. That you know I never won. I never played in, in one of those games and, and won one. So I'm definitely very salty about about that uh, the Grizz Cat rivalry. Um, you know when you go when you go play at Montana, you go play there because you want to kick the shit out of MSU and you should and. Um, we just never could get it done, but, um, you know, I can't, I don't know if those, that stretch of games had a, a effect or not on that game. Yeah. Do you, man, this is kind of like your opinion. Do you feel, you know, that game, I believe it is probably kind of preached on or, or, or talked about or, or, you know, there's a countdown clock like to that game. Are you in the, your opinion that, maybe that should be talked about a lot or are you in the other opinion where um, maybe not so much emphasis on that rivalry game that might affect, you know, the mindset of it. Yeah. Um, Just what the pressure and everything with that game that goes into it. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a big game. I, I personally, I don't think, you know, it's, 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 who knows, you know, I mean, it, it shouldn't be a, in my opinion, it shouldn't be a game where you have to try to get guys motivated. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, definitely. You should, it should get to that week and you're like, fuck, let's go like cat week. But, uh, I, I, on the other side of the things, I, I also don't think that it's something that you should just worry about that week, you know? I think uh, I think maybe you gotta probably you know do it up like how we did it. You know, we focus on them a little bit at a time here and there, and just kind of all add it up to that week, and then 
that week hit. You were, you know, you were peaked for that game. So. So, you know, what do you think went wrong in that game? I know that it, it, it seemed like it was it just like from the start, you know, um, I believe Toure fumbled, you know, on a kick, kick return, I believe, and he never, never <laughs> fumbles. Uh, and, you know, they recover, they score. And so it kind of was like a domino effect of, of just one thing after the other, and it didn't feel like the Grizz could, you know, get their feet under them and kind of – come back from it yeah yo you're talking about the uh the playoff game here uh no the uh montana state game at montana state this last oh, year oh yeah 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 yeah. um yeah geez i mean i i, I don't know i they you know they i guess they just had our number man they just kind of had us in a position where they wanted us and everything that they were doing was working everything we were doing wasn't working and just kind of how it, how it went. And, uh, this is definitely a tough one to swallow there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Does it bug you to this day now that you weren't able to win in that rivalry game? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, you know, those are the kind of games you go to the university of Montana to play in and, uh, you know, nobody ever wants to lose to the Cats. Um, but I did four times, and, you know, I just – it is what it is. If I could get, you know, if I could get one play in the next game, I, you know, like I would definitely love to play in another game. I would do anything to play in another game. Um, but it just wasn't meant to be, I guess. Yeah. So how hard, you know, going into – after that game, you, you guys had to shake off, you know, everything <laughs> from that game. And then you guys go into that Southeastern Louisiana game and you guys just lay it to them. Was that kind of just kind of like unloading your frustration from that <laughs> previous game and just like unloading on that team? Or, or how how was that? Yeah, I mean – I mean that that cat game left a horrible taste in our mouth. Um, you know, nobody likes losing, and especially losing to them. And you know, we were all pissed off, and so took kind of took it upon ourselves, and we said, "The hell with that. We ain't that ain't us, man. That you know, we we got to get this thing turned around, and we got a great week of prep, and we went out and we put the smack down on them boys." So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So you know playing, you know, defense, but seeing uh, Samari Toure break Randy Moss's record uh, for most yardage in a game, was that just surreal to to see happening on the sideline? It was crazy. Um, you know, I have always, you know, told people Samori is a special dude. He's a special athlete, special football player. And, uh, you know, I I feel like he showed like spurts here and there um, in the previous years. And uh, it was just kind of like a matter of time before he like did something like that, you know? And uh, yeah, I mean, to break Randy Moss's record, I mean, it's pretty crazy to think about and to witness it. That was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, going into that, 
that game after that game, you, you know, you guys f- find out that you're going to play Weber state at Weber state, you know, what went wrong in that quarterfinal game versus Weber state? Um, well, other than, you know, the, the first, turnovers. <laughs> well, first of all, I mean, we knew like, you know, when we were, you know, going to play them again, we knew it wasn't going to be like the first time. Um, yeah. You know, we knew they were going to play us tougher, and we were ready for that. Um, but what went wrong? I mean, we turned the ball over. I don't even know how many times. I, I don't know what else to say besides that. I think we had, yeah. And then they had. Uh, I, I think they scored on special teams. They blocked a punt or something and scored yeah. on it. Um. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's what wrong. Our, you know, defensively, I thought we played. A hell of a game. Yeah, we, yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, that I think, was, I think you guys held them to like not very much at all, and the field. Do you think that the field like was was in good shape, or or was it just a horrible game to play in? <laughs> you know, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was uh, it was uh, like it was like a blizzard out, um, and. Uh, yeah, you know, defensively, I think it was one of our best games we played out of the whole year. Um, I remember I was sicker than a dog that game. I uh, woke up that morning. I had a, had like a fever. I had sweats. I had the chills. You know, I was like dry heaving. I, I you know, I just I had something going on. I probably had COVID or something. Oh, but, nice. uh, I don't know. Um, but uh, you know, we went out and I I thought we played very well. Um, and it just wasn't the wasn't wasn't going to be the game for our offense. They had all them turnovers, and then they we were scored on. You know, just the domino effect it seemed like. But yeah, one well, you know with everything that happened, you know, it felt like I was watching that game, and it just felt like if you guys could get one thing to go, that it could just spark, and you know it. It didn't happen, but it was it wasn't a blowout. It wasn't it was a very close contested game, even though of some of the things that happened in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we were close numerous times, but just it didn't happen. Um, but you know, you win some, you lose some. I thought we played well, and it was uh, it was fun. Do you feel, you know, a sense of, of pride, you know, like you were the senior class that got back into the playoffs that made a run that kind of re kind of introduced um, Grizz players to, you know, this is what is expected. And we were Montana, we make the playoffs every year and, you know, it's, it's championship or bust. We're going every year for a championship. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we've had my whole career, we've had great, great guys, great, you know, players and things like that. But I think our class as a, as a whole, you know, we just had so many great leaders and, and guys, you know, steering younger guys in the right direction and kind of setting the tone for, you know, like, here's the deal boys. Like this is Montana football. This is how we do things. Um, and uh you know 
getting to the playoffs every year. You know, we just win in we just win in ball games. You know, um, yeah, I think I think it's pretty cool to say. You know, that we kind of you know I don't want to take full you know ownership of our class for doing that, but you know I think in a lot of ways that yeah our senior class did did kind of do that. Yeah, definitely. So going into you know your fellow safeties, you know, Robbie Houck, like he, he has a a pretty good chance of breaking, you know, the all-time records for, I believe, tackles, I believe. Like wh- how was it to play with him um, in that safety group? Oh, it was awesome. Um, Robbie is a psycho. And if he's <laughs> listening to this, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll like get a kick out of that. Like he's that <laughs> kind of guy. He's probably like, loving it right now or something but uh he's just he's a he's an animal man i mean he just loves football you know you look at him and you know he's just this short little skinny kid and but the dude can play football he has a nose for the ball and i had a lot of fun playing with him nice being a montana guy uh from big fork montana did you ever you know growing up did you ever want to wear the the thirty-seven jersey as a kid, and and why you were at the University of Montana? Absolutely. I mean, that's a uh, to me that that would have been, you know, one of the biggest honors um, to be able to wear that number. But you know, it just didn't work out. Um, Jesse got it, and he's a great guy for that number. He deserved it. Um, you represent it well. And, and so, yeah, but yeah, that's definitely, I think any Montana guy um, going to play football at the university of Montana would, would love to wear that number. You know, like leading up to that year, is it kind of like, do you have a kind of thing in the back of your mind that, you know, all the Montana guys are kind of like, okay, I've got to, I've got to produce. I want to, I want to be selected for the 37 or is it just, you know, hey, I'm gonna ball out just how I'm gonna do that and and we'll see what happens. Um, you know, to me that's not how that work works. Like it's not like oh I need to like ball out. I mean, yeah, you gotta be a baller, but it's not like you gotta like prove yourself. I mean, like like you either got it or you don't, you know, like you're either yeah. I don't know. It's just like an it factor to me. Like, you know, some dudes were meant to wear that number and, you know, some, uh, some weren't. Um, in my opinion, you just got to be kind of a badass Montana dude just flies around, doesn't give a shit and just, you know, plays his nuts off. And that's what that number represents to me. Nice. Nice. So, you know, looking at, you know, being a a player from last year's team, what is your opinion? Who do you think is going to wear the thirty-seven jersey this year? Uh, you know, I I don't I don't know. Um, I'm glad I'm not in Jesse's position to have figured that out. <laughs> uh, but um, you know, one guy that stands out to me is Jace Lewis. I mean, yeah. The guy's had a hell of a career. He's he's everything that that number represents, um, and then some. I got a lot of respect for him, what he's done at the at the U, and the name that he's made for himself. Uh, and uh, 
you know, I think it would be really cool for him to wear 37. Um, but, you know, who, who knows who's going to get it. I'm actually kind of surprised it hasn't, hasn't been given out yet. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I haven't talked to Jesse at all. So I, I have no idea what's going on with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm i surprised too, but you never know with COVID and, and this season, you know, it, I, I have no clue. It's it's kind of interesting. They, we haven't heard anything, or maybe they haven't, or maybe they're just kind of waiting to see if there's going to be a season this year. So, Yeah, for sure. So, you know, being able to play in Washington Grizzly Stadium, what was that like? I know I've been to many games, but what is it like to play in at Wagres? Um, you know, it's a, it's like a, a feeling that, you know, you have to like experience it to like, actually like really know, you know, it's like, I don't know. I'd go to games when I was younger, you know, it gives you goosebumps and the crowd gets, you know, loud and things like that. But then they go out there on the field and like actually experience that. It's, it's like the best feeling in the world. There ain't no other place in the world I'd rather be than on that field on, like, third down. You know, you got the offense tucked up in the north end zone. Crowd's going wild. It's definitely a very cool feeling. Nice. So, yeah, going back into, like, that moment, what is it like to play in a Grizz-Cat game? Um, Those those games are awesome. I mean, like I said before, that's those are ones you dream about. Um, you know, just the tradition there. Um, you know, it's it it didn't work out for me and my senior class, but you know, you probably expect things to change here pretty soon. So those are always very fun. Do you still feel like that that like that dislike for the cats is still there, um, or is it kind of kind of gotten? a little bit better or, or less of like more of a hate, less of a hatred thing. No, that hate will always be there. Absolutely. Nice. Nice. So what do you think the Grizz have to do to kind of get this four year um, stretch off of them with that rivalry? I don't, you know, I don't think they're going to do anything. I think, you know, I think they're ready to get that one back for sure. It's just a matter of going out there and making it happen. They'll, yeah, they'll definitely. be ready to go. Coach Hawk will have them boys ready to go. So it'll be fun to watch that one. So who did you like, you know, other than, you know, Montana State, who did you like to play against in the Big Sky? Um. You know, I, I, we, I always like beating up on uh, Idaho um, when they brought that game back. You know, battle, you know, of the little Brownstein. Those are always fun games. We always beat the brakes off of them. So I like playing with some guys. Nice. So what is your – do you have a favorite moment or, or story from your career? Oh, boy. Um Damn, you know, I don't think I could like pinpoint a favorite moment. <laughs> you know, you know, just you know, there's so many great moments. You know, and it's like it's hard to remember all of them. Um, but I think probably the best moments are just hanging out with 
all my best friends and coaches and stuff like that in the locker room environment, just kind of just hanging out with guys and meeting, you know, new new players coming in and things like that. Probably, the, probably my favorite moments, just hanging out with the dudes. Nice. So with that Cat-Grizz uh, rivalry, do you feel, do you, as a Montana guy, do you, you know, with these other guys that are not from Montana, do you guys go and talk to them about that game? And do you, you think they kind of realize that before playing in it? Or is it they've got to experience a rivalry game like that before they actually really know um, what it's like? Um, well, day one when they get to campus, I mean, Coach Hauk makes it known, you know, we this game right here, circle that one because we're going to win that one. You know, that's it's just – that's just the kind of game it is. But I think, you know, they maybe don't believe it unless they, you know, actually get on, like, step foot on the field and kind of experience that. But they definitely are warned and aware of it far before they play in it. Yeah, definitely. So do you have, you know, any regrets from your career? No, absolutely not. I mean... I thought I had an awesome career. It was, you know, four or five of the best years of my life um, up until this point, and uh, I definitely miss it. I mean, if I could go back and just play, like, one snap, one more snap, I, I would. I mean, I just – place got, it's got – it's got a special place in my heart. I'll always be a Grizz, and, yeah, no regrets. Yeah, definitely. Do you think – do you see anybody in the safeties that will be able to kind of um, solidify your spot, or who do you think you have an opinion on who might take that spot? Um, oh, yeah. I mean, they they got great group of safeties. They won't miss a beat. Um, probably uh, Nash Fouch would be my guess. Um, you know, he played a lot last year, and he's a great player. He'll probably feel – fill in that role um, and do an awesome job. He's a good player. And yeah, like I said, they, they got some dogs back there, so they'll be just fine. Yeah, definitely. So which one gives you a better feeling uh, leveling someone with a hit or intercepting a pass? <laughs> uh, I would definitely say leveling someone with a hit. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's like an alpha move, you know, like, yeah, you know, you intercept a pass and whatnot. Yeah, that's cool. But like, just taking another grown man out, you know, that, come on, man. I mean, that's, that's worth that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I didn't know. I had to ask because, you know, you know, intercepting that pass and, and running it to the end zone against Washington, that was pretty awesome. But yeah, I know, I, I kind of figured you would say, leveling someone just because i i I know how you play (laughs) so yeah i'm yeah for sure that's that's the kind of guy i am you know intercepting a pass and running it back that's cool and all but yeah man if you if i could pick it would be it would be that nice nice so being a former college athlete do you think uh we'll have a spring season this year 
Oh man, million dollar question, huh? Yeah. Um, well, and it's so weird probably saying spring season instead of fall season, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even know what's going on. I haven't talked to any of those coaches uh recently. I've talked to some of the players, but you know, I I think they should have you know, played in the fall. I mean, obviously there's probably a little bit of like you know, money issue involved, you know, um as far as testing and all that stuff goes but you know playing in the spring I just can't imagine playing a season like that all the wear and tear on your body and then getting a short break and then jumping right back into it for the fall I just think it's a recipe for disaster for as far as injuries and and things go and the health of the players I just in my opinion as if I were a player I wouldn't want to be playing in the spring yeah, definitely. Well, and you, if you're not a good team, <laughs> you know you're gonna play six games in the spring, and then a, another full a full schedule of probably you know 17 games total in that year. But if you're a yeah. team like Montana, like North Dakota State, that you know they're gonna make it to the playoffs and they're gonna you know run in, they're gonna make a run. You know you're looking 17 to 20. 20 plus games in one year yeah. yeah i mean it's it's a it's a lot of football that's for sure i just it'll be interesting to see what they do um i can't imagine it's you know they got it planned out to play but i just can't imagine that they will um, yeah but we'll see what happens well and then you know I, some people are like well it's no different than an nfl season well yeah the nfl does it for a living <laughs> and they have a regular, yeah. uh, a regular off season where they can, you know, get better and healthy. You know, you're looking at probably not if not two months, probably, probably less than two months to get back and fully, you know, that that's not enough time. No, absolutely. I not. Think. That's that, Yeah. That's just why I think it's not going to happen, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I could, if anything, you know, if they want to like, have teams play each other and make it just like a, you know, give them two games to just kind of do like a spring ball almost thing and scrimmage on their team or something like that. I don't know, but like, I can't imagine a season happening. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, being a, a former player, like, like in, in not experiencing this, but having, you know, these, these guys, be seniors and basically not have not not a hat being your senior season because you can play again the next year if you were playing this year and you played your season you know your spring season would do you, would you come back for that that fall season um yeah i mean i i probably would um but, you know, I, I think a lot of guys probably opt out of that, you know, really. Um, I would because, you know, I just love, you know, I would love another opportunity, another season to play football for the University of Montana, you know, the best best program in the country. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I think something else you got to, like, think about is school too, you know, like 
these guys they can't just like not go to school and get another season. They you know they got to go to school. Yeah. And so I think that would probably like weigh heavily into the decision of a lot of those seniors is like, damn, do I really want to go to school for you know for another semester or whatever? But I don't know. I think I would. Yeah. Do you know? Do you feel like you know knowing? the senior class this year, do you think that there's going to be a lot of turnover in your opinion? I know that's just kind of your opinion, but um, is there going to be a lot of turnover you think? As far yeah, as far as guys playing the next year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, the seniors leaving or or the seniors staying. Yeah. I think there will be, I mean, a lot of turnover. I mean, why, why wouldn't you take that opportunity, you know, to, play it one last year yeah yeah i feel i'm glad i wasn't a senior this year i feel bad for them them boys and uh you know just kind of you know they're just waiting around all they're doing is just working their ass off lifting doing getting class done all all for a football season that might not happen you know they're so it's tough year for them yeah um but I would, I would, I would predict that most of them would want to stick around and play that last year. So, being a a former player for the Grizz, you know, <laughs> you guys do a preparation in in the fall uh, to be able to play those games. Um, what is that preparation like? You know, what what has gone in? What is what is that about? Like, what do you guys do to get prepped for those games? And do you think that's logistically possible to do it in Missoula in January? Yeah. Wow. Uh, the there's like three out of the year where you're just like absolutely grinding, and that's like that's fall camp, that's winter conditioning, and it's like it's in the summer, so to do like fall camp is brutal it, it really is at at points and to do a fall camp in january or february or whenever they're going to do it i just can't imagine doing the things we did you know in august you know like pretty much like now this time of, of the year so i mean you know Coach Howe, he'll he'll find a way if that's what they have to do to get that done. I'm sure not much will change from the two because that's just how he is, you know. Um, but I, I definitely think there's probably going to be some challenges just based off of, like, weather and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've heard, like, people say, well, it's not, you know, it's no different they play than when it's cold. And it's like, well, yeah, there's a difference between playing in a game, you know, for – you know, three, four hours than having to do it for a week preparing for a game. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a lot, a, a totally different aspect. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is a little bit different. Um, but I, you know, if they do, if they do play Coach Huckle, you know, he's going to prepare them just like he would any other year. I can guarantee you that. So it's just going to be a little colder. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Hey, Josh, I totally appreciate you coming on and, and spending some time with us. That's my last question, but I really appreciate your time and and just being wanting to come on. So thank you for, for your time and, and thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun. I appreciate it. That's going to do it for another episode of Fight on Montana. I would like to thank my guest, Josh Sandry, for coming on the podcast and spending some time with us and answering some questions. Also, I'd like to thank the listener uh, out there for listening. And make sure that you tell a friend, tell us, spread the word about Fight on Montana podcast. If you are new, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast at. And until the next time, fight on.